0: Welcome to this special edition of Insight, the insurance news podcast. In this episode, we tackle the complex subject of broker commissions, which are about to come under the spotlight as part of a Kenneth Hain-inspired review. Ramping up the pressure at the end of last year were key reports from the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission and Small Business Ombudsman, both recommending the banning of so-called conflicted remuneration. But brokers believe commissions work for the insurer, the intermediary, and most importantly, the client. Insurance News Managing Editor John Deeks has examined both sides of the debate, which could be critical in the future of the Australian broking sector.
1: Criticism of broker commissions has left some intermediaries frustrated, angry, and to a very large extent baffled. Where is the problem, they ask, and apparently with good reason. Brokers were hardly front and centre of the Hain Raw Commission hearings, and they account for a very small proportion of AFCA complaints. But concerns about the way they are remunerated aren't going away, and it's important to understand why. While brokers didn't feature at the Hain hearings, general insurance commissions did, specifically the extremely high commissions paid by insurers to incentivize motor dealers to sell sometimes worthless add-on cover. This was enough for Kenneth Hayne to recommend a review of the exemption that General Insurance currently enjoys from the ban on conflicted remuneration that was introduced following the future of financial advice reforms in 2012. On their face, the conflicted remuneration prohibitions may appear to be comprehensive, he writes in his final report. But there are exceptions to their application relating to general insurance, life risk insurance and basic banking products. Any attempt to reduce or eliminate conflicts of interest in the financial advice industry must begin, therefore, with examination of those exceptions and whether they continue to be justified. And while Kenneth Haynes stopped short of recommending the removal of the general insurance exemption, others have taken that extra step, at least where brokers are concerned. Most significantly, perhaps, the ACCC, in its final report into affordability and availability of insurance in Northern Australia. Deputy Chair Delia Rickard told me why.
2: Look, the ACCC didn't start out with the expectation that it would have a recommendation to ban commissions. However, the more we looked at it, the more we realised that there was an inherent conflict of interest um, for brokers receiving commissions. We spoke to one insurer who decided that they would cut, they were concerned about the cost of insurance in Northern Australia, decided they would cut commissions. They cut them back to 15%, um, changed no other aspect of their policy, lost a significant amount of business. We also saw evidence for consumers who had used a broker Um, who then discontinued using a broker and got significant reductions on their policy costs. All up, we really felt there is an inherent conflict in the payment of commissions, and if our role was to reduce the cost of premiums for consumers, this was an unavoidable recommendation.
1: We'll go into the ACCC's claims and brokers' responses to them in more detail later. But first, it's worth looking at what conflicted remuneration really means and what impact reform could have on general insurance. Matthew Cayley of law firm McCabe-Curwood explains the rules as they currently stand.
3: So as you know, the Corporations Act contains a broad prohibition on what it describes as conflicted remuneration. That doesn't currently apply to remuneration given solely in relation to general insurance or consumer credit products, but I'll spend a moment describing how it applies to other sectors. So in short, the Corporations Act provisions prohibit financial service licensees and their representatives from giving or receiving conflicted remuneration where advice is given to retail clients. So let's break that down into its key parts. First, for most products, the prohibition only applies where advice is being given. So where a provider deals in a product without giving advice, that is, they don't even provide general advice, then the conflicted remuneration provisions don't apply. Secondly, importantly, the conflicted remuneration provisions only apply to products distributed to retail clients. They don't apply to products distributed to wholesale clients, which obviously will make up a a significant portion of um, general insurance clients. So finally, where the provisions do apply, the conflicted remuneration um, that's prohibited is that remuneration which, because of its nature or the circumstances in which it's given, could reasonably be expected to influence the advice given or the product recommended to the customer. This requires an objective assessment to be made having regard to all of the circumstances and asic being quite clear that it'll always look to substance over form in this regard. Importantly for our discussion today, any fees paid by the clients themselves to a licensee or a representative will not be conflicted with remuneration. So if these provisions were to be extended to apply to insurance brokers or others in the general insurance industry, there'd be no objection to the client paying a fee for the broker's services.
1: Kenneth Hayne recommended that the review should preferably be completed by June the 30th, 2022, but no later than December the 31st, 2022. We know that it will assess the effectiveness of a range of measures introduced to improve the quality of financial advice. But as Mr Cayley explains, There's not a lot of detail available yet.
3: It will have a broad scope, well beyond the application of conflicted remuneration provisions to general insurance, so I'd expect to see at least some movement on it this year. Now, we haven't been told anything about the format of the review, but the first steps are likely to include the collection of a considerable amount of data. As views are then developed, there's likely to be consultation on various options and ultimately changes to legislation. So I'd expect insurers will be contacted this year, at least in relation to the collection of data.
1: So what if the review does agree with the stance taken by the ACCC and others?
3: Firstly, I think it's worth pointing out that the ACCC certainly recognised the valuable role carried out by insurance brokers in assessing their clients' risks, sourcing insurance quotes and helping with claims management. However, that won't be much comfort for brokers who are concerned with the ACCC's views on remuneration. In short, the ACCC recommended prohibiting conflicted remuneration for insurance brokers altogether. That would be done by removing the exemption from the corporation's regulations for general insurance products, so far as it relates to insurance brokers, and leaving brokers subject to the conflicted remuneration provisions we've just spoken about. Well, it could have a significant effect, and obviously regard needs to be had to the type of effect it will have in determining what to do. In short, if the general insurance exemption is removed with respect to insurance brokers, the remuneration brokers currently receive from insurers for advising on retail products would become very limited. Anything that could reasonably be expected to influence their advice or recommendation of a product would become prohibited. Brokers would remain free to charge fees to their customers. However, it's doubtful that those clients would be prepared to pay fees equal to the remuneration paid to brokers today. What that would mean for the distribution of retail products through insurance brokers is unclear. It could, for instance, result in brokers moving out of that part of the market altogether. Or alternatively, to only doing so under a binder as agent for the insurer. Some of this would depend on the nature of the amendment. Now, the impact of removing the exemption for all general insurance would likely be considerably greater. There simply aren't likely to be other viable sources of remuneration for many intermediaries acting on behalf of insurers. So the distribution of retail products through those channels, at least under any form of advice model, would likely become very difficult. In my opinion, that makes that outcome unlikely. Of course, there are other options available to the government. The one taken for life risk products involved setting caps on the remuneration payable for those products. That may be an option considered for general insurance too, though it's a fairly blunt instrument and could result in negative outcomes in some circumstances. Another option would be to require enhanced disclosure of remuneration so as to make clearer to customers exactly what is being received. Um, That's likely to be a difficult path, though, given the potential complexity involved and the government and the regulators' views regarding the effectiveness of disclosure.
1: Lots to consider there. But what do brokers think? The National Insurance Brokers Association is preparing to defend commissions during the upcoming review and has already commissioned and published a detailed report demonstrating broker value. CEO Dallas Booth tells us he understands why the concerns are there in theory, but in practice, there is no problem.
4: The concept of conflicted remuneration is when the broker acting for the client is being paid by someone else. And I think that's the, that's the fear and that's the um, concern by many that uh, where you're acting for the client but being, but being paid by someone else, there is almost an automatic and inherent conflict in, in the position of the intermediary. Um, and I think that's the theory and, and um, we've, we have always accepted that that's the theory uh, um, and the royal commission heard many examples of uh, real conflicts and and re- genuinely poor customer and consumer outcomes being driven by uh, remuneration structures but they heard no evidence of that occurring in relation to general insurance brokers no evidence at all no commentary about no commentary about general insurance brokers in the case studies. And in fact, we've gone through as much as we could of the published materials that came out of the Royal Commission, and we really couldn't find anything in there either about uh, general insurance broking commissions producing poor client outcomes. I'm hearing everyday examples of brokers chasing the best possible deal they can get for their client and if that means a saving of two hundred dollars or two thousand dollars or more that's what they do because it's in the best interest of the clients to get the best deal for their clients that's what they do if they've got a chance of um you know in know, getting a getting a premium which is a bit higher because they might pocket a bit more commission in the process um, those brokers won't last in business for very long because um, they won't retain those clients. They, the clients will soon find out that there are better ways and, and better deals out there. And it is very easy for a, for a client to change brokers. Um, and so the, the, anybody who's, who's trying to rot the system and, and, and make personal gain out of it, they won't be there for long. And, and that is not the typical example of insurance brokers that I deal with each and every day.
1: PSC Managing Director Tony Robinson says it's frustrating that broker commissions have been singled out when variable remuneration is commonplace across many industries. And he says broker commissions work, they are transparent, create competition in the market and reflect the work put in by brokers.
5: Yeah, the absence of some sort of reward structure for a third party intermediary means there'll be less price competition that can't be a benefit to the... You know, to the end uh, insured. It's the competitiveness between providers that's created by the broking intermediary it helps to keep prices down. So it's got a lot of real you know more pluses the, the marginal difference in the conflict between that form of remuneration and any other form of remuneration you know, is small in my mind and the benefits of it are significant.
1: Mr Robinson believes commissions can be more concerning when the benefit of the commission flows directly to individuals. But this isn't how it works at PSC or at many other brokers.
5: Almost all cases in this industry, the variable element of commission is being paid to an entity. And then how it's shared, you know, between the parties in that entity is often, you know, quite quite unrelated to the you know, to the to the to the front end of the business. So for in our case the corporate is earning the variable commission, but uh, the vast majority of people in our businesses are on base salaries. It's a system that works well for the reasons I'm talking about. No structure removes the you know the you know the conflict. The conflict is managed by transparency and the natural forces of the market. If I don't service my client well I lose it. You know, if I'm not charging appropriately, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll lose them. If I'm not getting a good premium outcome, um, you know, I, I'll,
1: I'll lose them. Brokers have questioned many of the ACCC's findings. The Northern Australia final report said brokers had effectively abandoned a product because the commission had been lowered, while it also suggested insurers worry about reducing premiums because of the response they might get from brokers about the impact on income. Mr. Booth told me that the falling commissions anecdote may not tell the whole story.
4: On the one that was mentioned by ACCC, a lot of brokers have told me that um, the, the the circumstance that, that they reference uh, followed a particular insurance company re- doing a major portfolio review. And that portfolio review looked at commissions, pricing, and terms and conditions of cover. So it was a very significant review of. of of particular portfolios offered by that insurer. The net result was brokers had to have a good look at what was be- at the cover being provided, the premiums proposed to be charged, and the interests of the client in relation to those matters, and the brokers do what they always do, they act in accordance with the best interests of the client in terms of providing the best cover at the best price. All the brokers that have commented to me about that have, have been absolutely firm about the fact that the, any, any change of insurer was invariably because of terms and conditions and price and, and, and not because of commission levels.
1: The ACCC stands by its report and the evidence contained within it, and it says that removing broker commissions and replacing them with a fee-for-service model would help address the affordability issue in the North again brokers strongly disagree mr robinson does not believe that changing the remuneration structure would bring savings to clients because broker distribution is an efficient setup that insurers would struggle to match
5: selling costs are efficient uh you know in uh you know in this industry um you know that um it's not surprising that that's going to be the going to be the case and the nature of the broker being separate, you know, from the um, underwriter means that there's price competition in a way that wouldn't exist otherwise. So lowering the cost of insurance, huge part of that is about, you know, the competition between brokers, which is, you know, goodbye, uh, competition between underwriters, which is facilitated by brokers. The amount that they're, you know, to think that, oh, gosh, I think I can get a cheaper, you know, selling process here, plus advice, process here is,
1: you
5: know, naïve.
1: Steadfast MD Robert Kelly, one of the most experienced operators in the local market, agrees. He's seen these debates before and believes he has a fair idea how change would pan out.
6: I've been fortunate to work in jurisdictions all around the world where where consumers buy insurance on commission. I watched the FCA investigation into the London market operations and the conflict of interest where the, where certain people were paid to do business and others paid more to do other types of business. And the conclusion that came out of London, the London investigation was clearly there was some conflicts of interest, but overall at the end, the consumer gained by those conflicts of interest, by the the competition that it created, and the interest that it made for distribution to be conflicted and fight for their business. My, my view is that when the A Triple C says that the way to um, provide cheaper insurance in Far North Queensland is to get rid of commission and allow the brokers to take a fee when will will stymie the person who cannot afford to pay a fee from getting competitive pricing on their policies. So it worries me when you take a system where The commission is is factored into the cost of distribution and hope that by taking the commission off, that the consumer will lose the 20% and that the insurance industry will drop 20% off their pricing. Unfortunately, in my many decades in this industry, I've never seen anything like that happen. Mr Booth goes further.
1: He doesn't believe scrapping commissions would save clients money but he also thinks switching to a fee would put people off consulting a broker at all.
4: The evidence around the world is overwhelming that people are not prepared to pay uh, for financial advice as a, on a fee basis. Very few people are prepared to do that. And the net result often is that was when those sorts of reforms are introduced, the level of advice provided to a community reduces. Therefore, the community has, by definition, has to be worse off. Given given the importance and the need for good advice flowing through to the community, through to, to individuals and to business owners, the, the second aspect of fees is that, uh, depending upon the depending upon the um, the client and their risks, the the, the the placement of the of the risk into the market may be well to, relatively straightforward. But it may also be quite difficult, and and the time and effort of a broker putting into the place and process could well could well turn into a fee which which a which a um, a client would just not be prepared to pay. The third element of fee for service is the fees for uh, supporting the client in a, when a claim needs to be processed and lodged again brokers provide extensive value to clients and this was confirmed in the deloitte access economics report of course but the brokers provide extensive support and value to clients at the time of claim and if brokers are going to start charging fees for that again some some claims will be relatively straightforward some of them will be nightmares and and again that's going to be a massive drag on the client if if the broker is going to have to charge FIFA for service for a for a difficult claim, um, uh, th- and that's not what we want. Uh, the, the The process at the moment tends to blend those um, those uh, services within the broker firm, uh, and and there is a there is a sharing type process for both placement and claims, and that pro- that allows the broking process to be available to to everybody who walks in the door and i think there's there's massive value in that and i think i I, i'm absolutely convinced that uh, governments and regulators have to think very very carefully about what happens next if you abolish the commissions what will happen next and will it will the community actually be better off and and as part of this review um, we will be challenging uh, anybody and everybody to put on the table where is the evidence of a problem that needs to be fixed, because there is no evidence of a problem that needs to be fixed in our view.
1: The ACCC isn't backing down, however, and it has the support of consumer lobby groups and, as mentioned previously, the Small Business Ombudsman. Ms Rickard disputes brokers' worries about fees and is adamant change would be for the better. Look, I
2: think if you look generally in financial services and when the FOPA reforms were put in place, This was a major concern, yet we're seeing financial advice businesses survive, flourish and consumers being prepared to pay a fee. There may be some consumers who will be put off by it, um, but we've certainly seen across financial services that businesses continue to survive and many consumers appreciate the transparency that exists there. I think it's indisputable that there's a problem with the cost of insurance in Northern Australia. It's about double the price elsewhere, and in many cases significantly more. On average, brokers in Northern Australia are receiving 24% commission. Um, which is significantly more than agents are paid, even though they're working for the insurer and brokers and they be working for the consumer. Um, We've seen instances of commissions that were up to over 30%. Um, And then when you take the fact that on top of that is added GST and stamp duty, it is just impossible to deny that it is adding to the cost of insurance in Northern Australia, which doesn't take away from the fact that brokers have been some brokers have been of immense assistance to some consumers. So we're not trying to deny the the role that they can play in assisting consumers. We are arguing that there is an inherent conflict in the remuneration structure.
1: So the debate will go on until the long awaited review rolls around. In the meantime, brokers will continue to strengthen their arguments for a system which they say hasn't created any major problems. Getting their message across effectively could be crucial for brokers, insurers, and most of all clients who need access to quality advice and support more than ever.
0: And that brings us to the end of this week's special edition of the Insight podcast by Insurance News. Thank you once again to John Deeks and the team at Insurance News for putting this together. Enjoy your week and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at editor at insurancenews.com.au. value your input you can read all these stories backgrounds and many others at your leisure at insurancenews.com.au you can subscribe to the insight podcast on itunes spotify acast and all your favorite
6: podcast platforms now we look forward to catching up again